Here we go, another episode of the motherfucking podcast. I wouldn't leave you hanging too long. It's only been two weeks, so fuck you. Get over it. Anyway, not a lot going on. This is going to be a cool-ass podcast, obviously. You see by the title who I have. Motherfucking Frank Novanak. Who gives a fuck? Frank Three Gun from Hatebreed. Also, former member of Terror, Ringworm, and fucking Integrity. So, this guy's been around the block, been doing shit a long fucking time, man. I'm, like, I'm so excited to talk to him because I've known him since Terror. I was aware of Terror before Ringworm or before Integrity, so whatever. I'm not as cool as some people. I don't know. There's so much to say about how successful Hatebreed has been in a band, as a band, rather, and everything they, they've done and how many other hardcore bands that they've been able to put out and put on, you know, um, like Jamie's record label, uh, fucking Stillborn back in the day. I don't even know if that's a label anymore. Doubt it is. Actually, for sure it's not, so who gives a fuck? Anyways, so much history with fucking Hatebreed. One of the first heavy bands that I really knew about. Um, because my boy Bobby Gibson, shout out to him, he showed me them back in like, I don't know, 8th or ninth grade, 2000, 2001, that's, um, like, and I was fucking blown away by how heavy the shit was, and then, uh, Perseverance came around, and the I Will Be Heard fucking music video is out, and that shit was just so crazy, the first time ever seen, like, hardcore dancing in a music video and I was like wonder what what the fuck are these guys in like collared shirts doing fucking swinging their arms around like idiots but I thought it was cool and interesting that was what first attracted me to this type of music you know first I was into punk and you know weird shit like that and then uh I don't know it got heavier I knew who like Kill Switch and Sepultura and Haybreed all those bands were. You go back and forth, back and forth until you, But the heavier stuff is what I really stuck with. I don't know. I think I was just following my friends at one point. Didn't know what I liked. But now I do. It's okay to like everything. Isn't that weird how, you know, you used to think you have to follow one genre. And if you listened to anything else, you were like a poser or, or you know, fucking whatever. Like, you're not cool because you don't... You listen to other shit. Like, I would have never told anybody that I secretly listened to, like, uh, Newfound Glory, and even, like, Good Charlotte at one point, I thought that shit was good, you know, it's, like, fucking melodic, you can sing along, I was like, I'm not telling anybody I like this shit, or, like, Saves the Day, and then it became cool for, like, hardcore dudes to like pop punk when it was, it was, like, able to, like, talk about it, or maybe it was just me who, for fucking whatever reason, was embarrassed, I don't know, but once again, this isn't about me, this is about Frank Three Gun. Frank Novanek, and I appreciate him taking the time to come on. He's doing a lot down in Florida while they are fucking gearing up for 
you know, summer tours and fucking big ass festivals. He is uh he has his hand in a record store slash flea market down in Florida and he's been doing a lot with that. We talk about it in the episode. So if you're ever in Florida, check it the fuck out. On to Detroit Hardcore News. Lots going on, a lot of bands, you know, doing their thing. I know if a big deal has something coming out, either an EP or whatever, sometime in the near future. I can't wait for that because uh, they've had shit out for almost a year now. And it's so good to listen to. I can't wait to hear more, see how they've evolved so far. Um, I know if Enemy of God has a new single coming out today, so go listen to that. It's called Fade Away on their new record coming out, uh, What Last Forever, right? Right? Oh, gosh, I'm so bad at this. I'm so fucking bad at remembering. Should I try to remember it, but I just need to write it down. Yeah, it's called What Last Forever, coming out spring 2022 on Over and Out Records. Support them. Shout out to Over and Out Records. Fucking follow it. Follow Enemy of God. So be on the lookout. Maybe I'll try to squeeze the link in here by tomorrow if they could, uh, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll share it regardless. Check it the fuck out. They also have a show February 27th, Sunday, at the Sanctuary with uh, Foreign Hands, Selenus, and Love Loss. Love Loss is another good uh, up-and-coming Detroit band. They got like four four songs out. You can find it on Spotify, Bandcamp. It's uh it's melodic. Uh in my opinion it reminds me of like more like American Nightmare type shit, which I like. It's not, you know, a crazy beatdown. It sounds good. You can hear what he's saying. So check that out. Love loss. Love loss. Love loss. Don't be a bitch. Go listen to it right now. Also coming um uh, February 15th. That's um that's before February 27th, obviously. Down at the Ottawa Tavern in Toledo, Scourge is coming through with Illusions, Iced Out, Breach, and uh, Fantasy World. Which Fantasy World? Oh, man, I don't know what to say about them. That's some fucking original hardcore shit, and they are gonna be putting out their uh, fucking demo, their their demo tape on Clyde Records, which is a new uh, record record label out of Ohio. You can find that on Instagram. It's C-O-L-L-Y-D-E Rex, R-E-C-S on Instagram. So follow that. I don't know who's running it, but fucking, man, you know, the more the better. And you can send your demos to them if you want, if you want to be on a record label. I don't know, man. Hardcore's the shit and everything's going great right now. I'm really to see the momentum going. I mean, I'm really happy to see the momentum still going. It's not slowing down. Fucking virus ain't fucking with us. You know this. We're staying busy. Everyone's staying busy creating new shit. I, on the other hand, have been still practicing guitar daily. Um, You know, I never realized how, like, how your muscles start to hurt. Either I'm doing it wrong or I'm practicing a lot, so my muscles are getting used to it, but uh, my uh, strumming arm... Fuck it's sore sometimes. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm holding the pick too hard when I don't when I don't have to, you know, strum or squeeze the pick as hard as I am to play, you know, whatever noise I'm making fast. Um but it's coming along. I'm having fun. I hope 
I hope I can keep myself going and progressing with it. Like I hear it and I'm recognizing tones. I'm not really reading how to play no fucking scales and this, that, and the other. I mean, I probably should, but, but notes. I don't fucking know what a note is, and I don't know what a step down is, and this, that. I'm playing. I'm making some fucking noise, and I love it. So let's start a band. I'm just kidding. <sighs> good times. Good times. Good times. But you know the drill. As usual, when I post this, I like when my friends and my people who listen share it and fucking get it out there to other people so they hear it. Uh, it's always, it's always, it's always good to have a lot of people listen to it, obviously. I like when I have support. It means a lot to me because I like to support other people and, you know, people who say, oh, I love your podcast. You ain't sharing it. If I'm doing it, I want people to listen. I'm going to do it regardless if people listen, but it's always cooler when more people can find out about it. And other than that, let's just keep this shit going. See all that shows. I appreciate the fuck out of you. Thanks again, Frank. Um, you can find them fucking coming through every goddamn town this summer. Big festivals in uh, Wisconsin and Grand Rapids. It's going to be tight. Holla. Thank you. You there? <clears throat> Hello. Hello. I can't see myself. There it is. There you yeah. are. What's up, man? How's it going? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How's the weather, man? What are you up to? The weather? Uh, it's cold for Florida. It's been cold. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um. Now where the hell to go? I there see. You. <laughs> um. <laughs> It, it, it's been getting down to the 30s and 40s at night here. That's pretty fucked up for Florida. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we, is we that normal to, around this time? Certain times of the winter, we'll get this. I, I I saw it was going down to 31 here Sunday night or something. That's depressing. Which, I, I mean, I know when it gets like this, I look at the weather back home and I'm like, it's got to be like terrible. Yeah. But right now in Michigan, I'm just south of Detroit. It's, Fucking like it's 19 degrees, but you know, when the wind blows, it's like negative three. It's like fucked right, up today. Right, right. Yeah. This whole weekend's supposed to suck, but what are you going to do? You know, it's bad up here. So I appreciate you coming on and doing this, you know, taking the time. We got a lot going on. Uh, no worries. Yeah. So, so what you got going on? You, uh, you opening a record store or you run a record store or what? Um, I'm involved with the record store in Melbourne here at our, we have a giant flea market here called Renegers. That's if anybody's been to these flea markets down in Florida, they know that they're, I mean, it would take two days to walk through and go see everything at these places. They're massive, massive, massive places. And, uh, there's a bunch of places of cop records in there and there's a couple stores. So one of them is, uh, it's, it was dinosaur uh, music and now it's called record seller, um, C E L L A R. And my man, Kenny, kind of took it over from this guy, Bud, and Kenny was Bud's right-hand man, and now I'm Kenny's right-hand man. So just cleaning a place up, and it's a small little place, but um, it's a lot of fun, and it doesn't take up too much time because 
being a flea market, it's only open on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, but yeah. we're, we're, I mean, we're, you know, we're about to really get it finished how we want it. And, and then we'll launch social media and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I enjoy records. I'm a big record collector. I'm not going to waste my time off tour doing something that I don't enjoy. So, yeah, yeah, I'd assume. <laughs> yeah, this is another one of my many hustles now, but um, when I'm not on tour, but all those things are things that I would that I want to spend my time doing because my time obviously at home at my age and stuff is very valuable to me when we're not off when we're not on the road. So, um, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy records and learning and um, just uh, having something cool in the um, in in, in our hometown here well, in Brevard County, I, I'll say. So over here on the space coast where we live. So hell yeah, man. I, uh, I just started collecting records. I've been going to shows and shit, you know, almost 20 years now, but I finally got about five records. I bought <laughs> there you you know? go. you're off and running. Yeah. Well, rec- records have outsold CDs now in the, um, the last two years in a row now. I for sure believe that. Cause it's something physical and, better it seems like a lot more of uh, record collectors these days and people who have cds or even fucking uh, cassettes are coming back making a big thing but i think those yeah, are more for just fun that's true I, I try to tell people that cassettes are coming back and they're like what i'm like yeah <laughs> believe it or not so it's it's weird how it's like full circle you know fuck that's good man um so i guess we can just like, get into it like uh so obviously you're in Hatebreed, but like a long, long before that, you've been in plenty of other bands like uh, you know, Ringworm, Integrity, fucking Terror. Is there anything else notable that I'm missing, or or before that? Not really. I mean, I, you know, I nothing to write home about. You know, I I I, I was in Pit Boss 2000 with John um, John Toll for a minute. You know, just I wasn't even playing. I was just a one of them many singers that oh, okay you know, yeah. it's one of those bands that had two three singers every time they did stuff so um you know i did a couple shows with them and a couple recordings um but um you know that's been the main the main bands the four main bands um that i've been doing i ring we started ringworm james and i who's still singing for the band to this day um we started that band pretty much in high school um back in like 1989 and um that band's still going i i'm proud to say all the bands that i've been in are still going and still touring and still active and still still making records so you know and they're all headlining bands you know and they, they're all they've all had good careers and stuff so um it's pretty cool to have been a part of such a, a successful um you know my uh my catalog or my, whatever you want to call it my uh my uh, resume if you will fuck yeah yeah shit i mean you know like and before before um, any of those bands besides hapri like i knew who terror was before integrity or ringworm that's just you know just came across terror one day and i seen you guys at uh i think alvin's in detroit one time i was like fuck man and uh, obviously you know when you listen to terror it's all about fucking guitar to me and you know you were there did you record uh, you were on on lowest of the low and one with the underdogs just one with the underdogs. Oh, okay. Just one with the underdogs. Yeah. And fuck, it's like, Jesus Christ. And, 
you know, I don't know, somehow you stood out and I was like, oh, fuck, now he's in terror. I was like, holy shit. And then I found out about integrity and ringworm. I was like, Jesus Christ, you've been around forever, man. <laughs> yeah, 50 years old now, 51 this year. So, yeah, it's crazy to think that um, I, I, I mean, even when. I started being in these bands to, to, to think that I'd still be doing this um, even at a bigger level than I was back then at my age is insane. I would never have guessed that that would have happened. Um, and it's not a bad thing. I'm very lucky to be able to be in the position that I am to make a, a living off music is a, is a one, a few and far between. And, and I, I know I speak for a lot of my uh, fellow um, musicians and, and, that it's been a struggle like it has been for a lot of people even everywhere in every kind of job field or, or just living with covid you know what i mean um it's been tough um but aside from the last couple of years of, of that going on you know relatively speaking it's just uh to be able to do this and earn a living off it is uh it's not a lot of people are able to do that no especially in this type of music too you know this it's like, uh, you know, compared to hate breed to uh, terror, like, you know, the what a notoriety like is uh, the popular hate breed. But like, you guys are just all fucking friends. So you're all on the same like same level and, and personal with each other. You know, it's just hate breed does fucking crazy ass shows. <laughs> right i mean we, we're we're lucky to be a universal band hate breed's already been mm -hmm. hate breed's always been a universal band i mean hate breed's always been a band that you know what you're gonna get when you hear the records or, or whenever the band puts out a new record but it transcends the genre you know of of hardcore metalcore metal or whatever you want to call it because we'll go and play rock festivals you know hate breeds toured with typo negative hate breeds toured with motorhead hate breeds on warp tour hate breeds on odds fest more than any band besides ozzy and black label as a matter of fact hate breeds um toured with um dropkick murphy's hate breeds toured with clutch and um slayer and slipknot and corn so luckily uh you know, the band is able to do things like that and break down um, the barriers of the different types of heavy music and still be able to be hatred at the same time. Yeah, like for that's sure. The that's the, one of the many reasons for the band's longevity and success. Yeah, you're still down to earth fucking people, <laughs> you know, not, you know, like you can be rock stars, but you're just so normal and like personable. Like, like Jamie's just the same fucking Jamie from, from 1994, you know, so. Sure. I mean, you, you can't, you can, you can take the, you can take the band out of the basements of America and put them on the stage in front of the world, but you'll never take the basements of America out of the guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. Especially with hardcore and shit, real people. <laughs> right. So I mean, let's go back a little bit, I guess. Uh, starting like starting ringworm. Like, were you from like the Ohio area or did, Earth. Yeah, born, born and raised Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck. So. Um, you know, long before I moved down here, um, that's that's where that's where it all began for me. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 in a transition from like uh oh, like ringworm to integrity, because I know he's same area, 
after that, like, were you already like down in Florida or did you live somewhere else like during those oh. times or even with terror too? Like, were you in LA or like, what the no, fuck? I never moved to LA or Connecticut when, you know, joining any of these other bands, you know, I lived in Ohio and Cleveland um, from the time I was born until around 86, my family uh, and my sister, my stepfather, my mother, we moved to Florida um, for like a year and a half and then moved back to Cleveland. And then it became, around 88 89 and then we i start i moved back home and um we moved back up there and then i started you know i was really heavily getting into all this music at the time you know um even before that i mean i saw venom and slayer and all these bands in the heyday in the mid 80s even before like rain and blood was out stuff i would go see slayer and you know that kind of got me into the other bands you know i you're, was a, as, as somebody that was introduced to music at such a very young age my parents partied hard and the music was always around so i was very introduced to music at a very young age my dad had records and um my uncle was playing in bands and stuff so you know i was always as a young kid i had when i was six or seven years old i had kiss records and the who records i i went and saw the who when I was 11, you know, I, this was embedded into me. So I, you know, it's somebody that got into it young. I was always looking and digging and digging and digging. And when you're young, you're always looking for that extreme stuff. And, um, you know, I found out about metal and I was listening, you know, from kiss to turn into the wasps and the Ravens. And then it got heavier and turned into the Slayer and the Celtic frost. And from that, I found about out about agnostic front and suicidal tendencies and bands like that. And now, now you're talking about mid eighties to late eighties. And I moved back to Ohio in, in 88, 89 and got <clears throat> ringworm started and started playing guitar. You know, we just, I started playing guitar and got ringworm started and, um, and it really took off from there, you know? Um, and, but um, even, even after, you know, I left ringworm and started doing integrity and then that kind of fizzled out. We got ringworm back together and that ran its course. And I joined terror in 2004. I never left Cleveland. I never moved away from, from Cleveland until after I joined Hatebreed. a couple of years after I joined Hatebreed, I moved down here and that was probably 2000. I think, I, I think I moved down here permanently in 2008. So I've been down here. This time, um, what, 14 years, I guess. Damn. It's hot as fuck in Florida sometimes, though. What's that? I said it gets so hot in Florida, though, sometimes. I love it. I love, I love oh. the heat. I mean, 36 Cleveland winters, I can't do the cold anymore. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, and, and the thing about it is, and I try to explain this to people, like my family, they'll sell me on the, oh, it was a mild winter. We didn't have that much snow. I'm like, snow means nothing to me. Like when it's gray for five months of the year, I, I, it's so depressing. Oh, yeah, fucks like, with let it be sure. 40 degrees. Let it be 40 degrees here like it is now or when it's going to be night. But it's sunny. It's dry. The roads aren't like driving in Beirut. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> all that stuff. Like I need the sun shining every day to boost my morale so I don't kill people and stuff. So, um you know, I just, the heat doesn't bother me. I just jump in the pool or I, I go in the air conditioning or we, we live by the ocean. You know, there's ways around that shit. I feel bad for the people that are up on roofs and all the landscapers and stuff down here that work in this shit. It, it is brutal, oh, you yeah. know, but, but your blood changes. And you know, the older you get, the colder you get. <laughs> okay. Old people, old people are cold as shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's why they go to Florida. I'm 70, but you know, that's just the way it works and your blood changes, you know, I, I would be nothing for me to be in freezing weather. You know, we tour Canada in the winter, but 
now after I've been down here 12 years, man, I get in 60 degree weather and I'm cold as shit. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Even at the beginning of uh, January, I, I went to Las Vegas and uh, like, I'm no. So the week before, like Christmas time, it was like 40, 45 degrees, but I went the week after New Year's. And it was like 65, 70, and it was like 20 back here. So I was like, fucking jacket off, everything, shorts. And like going into restaurants, like they have the heat kicked on, like 72. I'm like, I have to fucking wait for my food outside. Like, I can't stay here. It's fucking hot, yeah. you know? Well, um, you know, Vegas is one of those weird places. It could be 30 degrees there, you know, but in the winter, but they're so hot in the summer, you know? Mm-hmm. When, they're, when they're hitting 65, they're going to crank the heat because in the winter or in the summertime, you know, they're 115, 120. It's normal. Oh. For them to be like, that's the desert, you know? So. Oh, it's ridiculous there, man. Like, you see me with the hoodie on. I never wear a hoodie down here. I'm shorts and t-shirt all the fucking time. You know <laughs> I, mean? yeah, I would too. I don't like to be inconvenienced by wearing a hoodie. To me, it's an inconvenience to put this on. I'm trying to go out the door with what I'm wearing in the house. That's the beauty of living down here. Well, you can tell it's chilly down here. I got a hoodie on. So I was just out <laughs> running around picking up a record collection and I'm I have the hoodie on, so it's Fuck. you know it is what it is. First world problems. First world problems, like oh, I'm cold. Yeah, like what the fuck, shit. So <clears throat> anyway, so like discovering all the music you were talking about, like Slayer and shit, like back in the '80s. Um, were you play, playing guitar before that, or did you, or did you want to start that after you had already gotten like heavy music? I got my first guitar around the time I was. It was 84, I think, 85, you know. So I was probably 14 or 15. Monkeyed around with it enough to, to be able to play the kind of music that we play. You know what I mean? You don't got to be fucking Eddie Van Halen to play hardcore. Um, but, you know, I, I was got good enough to be able to write music and and come up with my own stuff, you know, um, and, and come up with these arrangements in my head and go to a drummer and say, this is what I want you to do. It's got to be like this. We got to do that. And play this on the bass. You know what I mean? It's, it takes a little bit of talent to be able to do that. So, um, you know, but when I, at first, of course, I didn't know how to do anything or play, you know, I don't, I don't consider myself a, you know, I'm more of an entertainer on stage, you know, to, to, to think of, to think about what we do now, you know, Wayne, the other guitar player really can play guitar really well. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I'm a rhythm guitar player and, you know, I, I, I do that well in, in our band and, you know, I thought it well enough to be able to, um, make a living off this um but you know and, and it was a different time back then you know um i just remember like if there was like young kids that that could play guitar really well it was a it was a big deal back then but now with youtube it's like you see a 14 year old kid ripping on the guitar it's not it's nothing you think nothing of it because it's so common now it was definitely a different time you know you didn't have internet either or things like that so you know, we idolize the guitar heroes and, and um, you know, uh, learn from them, you know, even 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 bands that aren't weren't huge. You know what I mean? Um, just within our own scene, you, you, you know who the good players were and, or who wrote the good songs. You know, I never been a, a guitar player that. Lost my mind over somebody that could shred on the guitar because there's there's no shortage of those. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Eddie Van Halen. I love the guys in Skinner. They're, they're, they were all great players. Um, you know, I have my heroes, Nugent and, 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 and um, the underrated players, the guys and boys to call Ace Freely was a huge influence on me, but 
it was to me, it's all about, can you write a great song? You know, cause it, you get that feeling from music. Music's a feeling and a, a song is the way it makes you feel, you know, right. and you don't have to be the world's greatest guitar player to make one of the best songs ever. Jimmy Page is not necessarily the greatest guitar player in the world. He's known to be sloppy, but he fucking wrote Stairway to Heaven. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's a perfect example right there. Sure, man. Yeah. Uh, well, another note, like, uh, do you have any um, any words of wisdom or any good tips for a uh, beginner guitar? I just picked up my guitar. I had one back when I was a teenager and I stopped playing. I played for like less than a year i just started trying to play again over the past month or so have any good tips or words of wisdom that somebody can um, use to play like heavy yeah, music? Don't, don't be like my buddy john five just sleep with the fucking thing you know what i mean <laughs> every time i see that guy he's got a guitar on he's in a hotel lobby with the guitar on he's a, but he's one of the best guitar players there is especially nowadays like um that guy's incredible and i just think that you have to love it. You have to want to do it. You know what I mean? And if you get bored with it and don't like it, then it's not, it's not going to work out. You have to love it. You have to want to play the guitar. You know what I mean? And, and unfortunately nowadays with electronics and computers and, and how kids are brought up these days, their attention span is way too short, you know? Um, and I think because of that, there's less of that. Um, I think when we were kids, um, there wasn't all these fancy gadgets and shit, you know? <laughs> so if you had a guitar, it was a big deal, you know? Nowadays, it's like, oh, I got a guitar, big fucking deal. You know what I mean? Let me get on my iPad. <laughs> um, you have to love it. You have to want to do it. You know, you have to spend time uh, learning that craft. And um, one of the nice things about nowadays that we don't have that we didn't have when I was, when I was coming up was the internet and YouTube. Um, you can always learn how to play guitar on just go right on YouTube. It's a lot different. We would, if we really wanted to learn, we either had to teach ourselves and spend hours doing it at home, or you went to a physical um, music store and you took guitar lessons, you know what I mean? But nowadays everything's over the internet. You can get on Skype with, some of these guys and some of these bands do guitar lessons, you know, um, some of these metal bands that we tour with and stuff. So that's super cool, man. I wish I, when I was young, I could have got on the fucking computer with Gary King and learned how to play fucking lead solos and play Slayer. You know what I mean? And, no, but that's yeah. not how it was, but that's how it is now. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got guys in bands that teach and um, you can go on YouTube and watch things like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you got to I mean, want it, you know, mm -hmm. you got to want it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like time's a big factor too. Like whether you spend half hour or like two hours a day, um, you know, we have like we have kids and work and shit like that. I was like, I want to I need to some fucking me time to figure this out. I want to figure it out. Cause you know, with a music, you know, any hardcore band, what do you hear? You fucking guitar, you start bobbing your head, you hear guitar, you know, that's where it's at. <laughs> to me, I know the drums, percussion, bass, that's all, it all works together, but you know, you know, rhythm and lead guitar. It's like, fuck that's some fancy shit you know <laughs> it is to a certain extent for yeah. sure sometimes i wish i could just play bass <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah so um i mean i know you you've been on a lot of tours done a lot a lot of tours but like coming up through here and like detroit and shit like you've uh you've made some of uh, relationships probably like i hate ink like cold as life dudes like uh 
how'd you meet those guys? Like I've had Jeff on the podcast, I, Jeff and Roy came over, did the first one I ever did. It's a pretty, pretty cool thing that they took the time to come out, you know, coldest life is long gone, but it's cool. They still want to talk some shit about it, which was fucking pretty nice of them. Cause they're all like way older than me. I don't know those guys really, but like, I've always seen them at shows. I was like attracted to like those group of guys. <laughs> those are some bad motherfuckers, you know? <laughs> well, no, it's funny. Um, we just did the, you know, the only tour that we've done in the last two and a half years was the tour with Megadeth and Lamb of God. Um, mm-hmm. And that came through DTE. So Beast and Jeff actually came. I haven't seen Jeff before. He was locked up. So we reconnected and it was amazing to see him and just talk with him and, and see him and Bob Tyrell and all these people from Detroit that we have relationships with. So, but um, Ringworm and and uh, when we got Ringworm back together in the late 80s, late 90s um, and signed to Victory and all that. And right before we did, um, Jamie actually had his label stillborn and we did a split seven inch. Um, Ringworm and Coldest Life had a split seven inch out back in the day. Oh, shit. So we, you know, we, we, you know, we came up and did their festivals and stuff with Ringworm and then Terror would come through there. And, um, you know, I've known these guys for a long time now. It's been a minute. So, you know, uh, Johnny hate when, when he was still around and all these guys, um, you know, it's a very similar. When I, when you start talking about scenes like Cleveland and, and Detroit and Pittsburgh and Buffalo, these are people that have a lot of background in common. Like when I, I read an interview back in the day with hate Inc. And they're like, yeah, our, our influences are Chuck Berry, G.G. Allen, and, and, and Destruction. I'm like, wow, I get it. I get it because these are people that came from steel working towns and auto industry towns. You know, I, I, I am the, the, the son, grandson, and nephew of a Ford Motor Company employees, you know, from the Cleveland Engine Plant and Foundry. You know, I, I yeah. come up in that working class blue collar background, and I worked in the tire business for 11 years before I during during the whole time I was in Integrity Ringworm Terror. So this similar backgrounds. Um, and even though Cleveland didn't have the bands, we had the radio stations that that broke a lot of these bands from Detroit, you know, WMMS, you know. Um, so even though, you know, Detroit had Nugent and Alice Cooper and, you know, MC5, MC5 and Stooges and Motown, you know, these are similar backgrounds. So I feel like when I, when I'm talking with people like the guys in Cola's life or hate Inc or, or whoever, or, or maybe some guys like Scott Vogel from Buffalo, who I've known since the eighties, we have just, it's just more of a bond. You know what I mean? Because we come from that background, that rust belt background of um, hard winners and, and, and um, you know, factory workers and blue collar you know um so midwest man yeah that that too yeah yeah that's just i don't know i just feel like i you know more comfortable and had always had more common with these kind of people because they came from similar similar backgrounds yeah one thing you said that i was gonna say like the hard winters man it'll harden anybody you know if you can stick out a winter up here like shit like you can stick through and you go to fucking antarctica and live you know no, I know, I know, I know. It's uh, and you know we're not even that bad, you know, compared when I, we go on tour and we end up in Wisconsin and North Dakota. Or we've done Canada in the winter. I've done Winnipeg in the winter. It was oh. negative twenty five, you know. 
regular, not with the windshield, straight up. Right. Five, so yeah, that's like a um, week at a time. That shit, you know, like brutal. brutal I remember brutal. one time, uh, just a couple years ago, some whatever they call it when it gets cold as fuck. Uh, there's a certain name for it, but they're saying it was colder in the Midwest, like Ohio and Michigan, than it was in a in Antarctica and Mars. Like it was colder here than it was on fucking Mars and yeah, I mean, in the Mars it. winter. I was like, what? Not there's a reason that just doesn't sound far fetched to me, and that's because I lived through so many of those winters. I don't oh, miss them. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, man. Like, I'm just trying to go outside and get in my truck and drive. I'm not trying to scrape shit and get stuck <laughs> and get frostbite and all that bullshit. Oh man, it's so bad. Like, I'm a truck driver too, so it's like it's my life. It's fucking snow, and I'm dealing with it. You know, it's like God, just yeah, never ends. Like, I, that's dangerous shit. Yeah, it's like five months out of the year that I just. I want to say fuck this, you know, and ice, just... ice road truckers. <laughs> you know, I thought about that before too. Like, I actually looked into it. Those guys get paid really, really well, but like their uh, their uh, living conditions aren't that like, great. Like, you sign on with the company, so they'll get you like a plane up there, like they'll fly you out, but you're sleeping in like army barracks. You know, you get like your like your certain a lot of time because that drive. The truck drivers have to have at least a 10 hour break in between their shift, you know, for the proper rest, according to the department of transportation. So they give you your 10 hours, but you're back out there for fucking 14 hours at a time. Like, you know, like you can make like 30 grand in like three months, but like, I don't want to leave my family for that fucking and driving across lakes and rivers. Like, no, thanks, man. Yeah. That's brutal. That ain't for me. That ain't for me. Have you witnessed any other colder, colder areas in like northern Canada? Any like like European winters? Any like Serbia or anything crazy? Nah, I just I mean Canada went Canada doing that Canadian tour we did. <laughs> um, I think we were out with Black Label Society. Um, it was brutal. I remember New Year's we were in like Edmonton, Calgary, and then we went to Winnipeg, and we were in Ottawa, and all these places. It was just next level compared to what you and I are used to. No, it was like next level for sure. Fuck. Yeah. That might happen like once a winter where it gets like negative 14, but nothing like that where every day it's negative 20 for, you know, two months. Like that's chaos, man. Cold as fuck. Cold as life. How about that? No. Right. Um, so what, uh, what's like, so what's it like going on a hate breed tour, man? Like when you were invited to go and like be a play play with hate breed, like uh, compared to in a tour bus with ringworm and then being on a tour bus with fucking hate breed, what's the difference? Uh, like lifestyle, is it uh similar? I mean, I had a taste of this stuff long before I was in hate breed because these guys would fly me out. They would be like, "Hey, man, um." we're out with Slayer. Why don't you fly out? Uh, Sean and Jamie would hit me up and be like, we bought you a plane ticket. They're like, we want you to ride on the bus and party for a week. And so I would go do that. I would do shit like that, you know, or, or like when ringworm, when, when Jamie would put, you know, when hate and Jamie, those guys would put ringworm or terror on the tour with, with hate the first day they would be like, all right, move your shit out of the van. You're riding on the bus with us. Holy and then shit. the guys in my band, even though they were bummed because they weren't riding in the bus, they were like, okay, great. More fuck you. Real estate in a van in a hotel <laughs> room is huge. So they weren't pissed. 
You know what I mean? They were like, cool. We got more room in the hotel room. And um, because I was so tight with Jamie and, and these guys, you know what I mean? Before they became popular, you know, I talk about the ringworm and the coldest life seven inch. When I was in integrity in 1995 or 90, I think it was around 94. Haybreed was starting out and we didn't know who they were. They would, Jamie would call us and be like, Hey, we love integrity. We want to put a split seven inch out. We want you guys to come play in Connecticut. Can you book us in Cleveland? And we're like, who are these kids from Connecticut? Haybreed. We don't know who they are. They were, they were just starting the band. We ended up doing a split seven inch with them. Integrity Haybreed did a split seven inch in 94, um, 95, I think. And, um, I've known them since then. I've had a relationship with these guys since then. So when they would come through Cleveland in a van, because they weren't big yet, they'd sleep on my floor. I'd wake up in the morning and, and, and there's Haybreed in the living room sleeping, you know, and we were partying all night. So I've had this relationship with them since back then. And I just watched their van continue to, to blow up. Um, and, uh, it's, it's amazing what it turned into, you know, and now I get to be a part of it. You know, everybody, when I first joined the band, all these people that didn't know the backstory, you know, when I do all this press, they'd be like, what's it like being in Avery? I said, I was like, it's, there's nothing different. It's I've known these guys since day one. The only thing difference now is when they go on stage to go play, I strap a guitar on and go out there with them, you know? Yeah. Fuck man. That's gotta be like it's gotta be a good time you know especially being in like you know integrity like smaller bands or whatever in terror then they hit you up like hey come fucking party with us like shit like that's gotta be fun as fuck oh man <laughs> but, it's great it's great and, and and when 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 they went from you know they they were four piece and or they were a five piece and then they became a four piece i mean on rise of brutality they're just a four piece and um they wanted to go back to being a five piece again right before supremacy. And they hit me up. They're like, look, are you ready to be in the band? We've been talking about getting you in the band forever. There's not going to be any auditions. And this is big. They already had a fucking Grammy nomination and we're on a major label. So here's this band that's on a major label and had a Grammy nomination. And Jamie's the fucking host of headbangers ball on MTV. And they're calling me up saying, are you ready to be in the band? We've been talking about it forever. There's no auditions or nothing. You're the guy. You know, that was huge. Obviously, it was a big deal. And to be honest with you, like, even though I was friends with these guys and I've toured and been in Europe and had record deals and wrote records and stuff, it was very intimidating to me. You know, because here it is. It's like, this is the big time. And your first shows are opening for corn in Europe to 10,000 people. So, you know what I mean? It was very intimidating. And I was nervous in the beginning, you know, now, now I want a hundred thousand people to be out there. I'd rather that that be that I'll roll out of bed 30 minutes before we play and go kill it. You know what I mean? I, that's so fucking crazy. That shit. You know what I mean? But, but, but in the beginning it was, I was doubting myself. You know what I mean? I was, I was shook for sure. Definitely. I mean, I'll admit it for sure. I was shook. Yeah. Um, but even, 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 you know, the bond I had with them, you know, I, I, in my mind and, and my own thoughts and in myself, I had to deal with, um, 
man, I, this is don't you can't be fucking up here. This is pro. Like you know what I mean? This is there's a lot of as a as a player and and you step your fucking game up. I mean, Ringworm was a drunk. drunk let's get drunk and play. You know what I mean? Let's black out and play shows. And we didn't really tour a lot. Integrity didn't really tour a lot. It wasn't until I joined Terror in 2004 that I started touring and doing this full time. So I didn't have that many years under my belt of being pro. And obviously the jump from going to terror in the van to hate breeding the bus and playing to tens of thousands of people, is, that's a big jump. And I just, it, I just remember that clearly, you know, a lot of it's a blur to me because I've been doing this so long and I, I partied a lot and, and, but I remember clearly those feelings of when I joined the band, how um, I, I was, you know, a lot of it was excitement, you know, it was something to be excited about, but I definitely, I was definitely like, shit, holy shit. Should I do this? Can I do this? Like, you know what I mean? I was thinking there were probably, there's probably times back there. I was thinking about telling them, no, I can't. Sorry. I can't. I'm, I'm shook. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine it, you know, cause whether you're in ringworm or terror, like there can be a night where you play for 30 people or there can be 150 or 300. But with hate breed, it's sold out pretty much anywhere you go. I'm sure. Like whether it's a theater or like a small club or, you know, right. 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 So it's always some action. It's never like a, it's like the show, like, like you ever had like a hate show where half of the fucking audience isn't there <laughs> like oh, we ever sure. play like I mean, an empty we, building look we still play small shows with hate breed you know what yeah. i mean but but you know it's very professional though you know what i mean we're playing the concert as if there's a hundred thousand people there oh yeah so you know what i mean there's a mm -hmm. it's a it's just, it's just the game has been stepped up you know um and I, looking back on it now it's like pfft, i can't imagine i, I can't it's hard for me to, to think about if I turned my back and said, no, I, Hey, I can't do it. I don't, I just, sorry guys, I'm not prepared for this. You know what I mean? I'm watching the videos and coming to see Haiti live. And you know, it's, it's, it's second nature to me now. I've been doing it with this band for, for so long. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, there was definitely a time when I was like, Holy because who like it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the conversation. How many people have this opportunity? You know what I mean to to to, to take music to this level. You know, not that many, man. There's only it's, a it's, handful and, and, of bands in this. No, and it and it's not just about taking it to the next level, and making the moves. It's 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 a thought process, and it's you know you, there's all these feelings involved with this. You know, my son was pretty young. He 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 was. Um nine i think when i left my job and left home to go tour all the time so um you know there's a lot of a lot a lot of them i had a good job i had 401k benefits all this stuff there's, it's not just hey i'm gonna go do this because what if it doesn't pan out you know what i mean and, and and even if the band's successful what if it doesn't pan out with you what if what if somebody you know it's a five-way marriage one you know two-way marriages don't work so so a five-way marriage what if the guys were like oh sorry it's just sorry you know it's not yeah, you're out dude. and i think that and i think that was one of the main sure they could find people who could play the songs but they knew that they were going to be able to gel with me and live with me they liked having me around they i've lived on the bus with them i've toured with them 
you know what I mean? I think that that had a lot to do with the decision, you know? Yeah. And you said, you know, in the beginning, like you're more of an entertainer, like the way you think yourself. So it, like you really add another level to hate breed too, just by being on stage. Like when you're in terror, like you just get everybody fucking wild up before they even started, you know, it's like, whew. you know, then you see you on stage, you throwing your hands up and fucking getting everyone excited. It's like, Oh, here it goes. So it's just another level. Like that guy with the big neck who used to play, just stand there all mad. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, but it's gotta be still like just as exciting or like, do you ever, are you ever like, oh, I got to go on tour for a fucking month and a half? Or is it always the same excitement every night? Or is there nights you're just like, I just don't want to do this, but you have to do it anyway? I think the guys in the band will tell you at our age, leaving home's tough. Everybody gets comfortable at home now. We don't tour as much as we did. When I joined Hate Breed in 2006, it was normal to do 250 to 300 shows a year. And I was single, living in Cleveland. The weather sucks half the year. The money's on the road anyways. Let's go on tour all fucking year. Fuck coming home at all. You know what I mean? But now I'm married. I'm older. My time at home is huge to me. You know what I mean? Going on tour and the traveling and, and all that shit. You know, anybody will tell you the best parts when you're on stage. You know, but and that nothing's going to beat that. And, and, I, and I And I do interviews. I've done a lot of interviews during the pandemic and people are like, God, I bet you can't wait to get on tour. And my answer always is, and I know the fans, a lot of fans don't want to hear this, but I'm like, at my age, I'm like Dorothy. There's no place like home. So, the, but the thing is, I say that there might be no place like home, but there's no place better or that I'd rather be than on stage performing because this is us being able to do what we want to do. Um, this is what makes us happy. And then the, 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 the flip side of that and the silver line of that is when you go out there and do that, you're making all those people that came to see you happy. You're how this is their big night out. So you're, you're, you're helping them forget about life for a while and their problems and all this stuff. And it's all makes it. And that all, all of that stuff makes the experience the best. So um, yeah, it sometimes, you know, look, we're older and we don't get around as good as we used to probably, or, or, you know, we have to conjure up the energy, have to think about that stuff um, as where a lot of that came natural before um, that kind of stuff, you know, it's tough, but um, at the end of the day, you pinch yourself and you say, are you fucking kidding me? You know how many people wish they were doing this right now. You get to go fuck off with your friends all over the world for half the year and barely work. I mean, you know, yeah, you're gone. Some people consider that work. Oh, you're gone from your family. You're gone from home. You sleep in a cubicle on the bus and all that shit. Yeah, but come on. That's fucking cool. We're hanging out with our friends half the year and going and screwing off. And we don't have to do anything other than play for an hour or maybe do a sound check and a meet and greet. And then work wise, that's our whole day. So, um, no, nah, I mean, I try to. You know, I do this to myself when I feel myself getting comfortable and uh, um, <laughs> wake up complaining yeah. about because, <laughs> look, everybody gets comfortable with their job, no matter no matter what kind of work mm -hmm. it is. But uh, this is cool stuff to be able to do this and, and still do it this long, um, like I said. But you look at bands like I, Rolling Stones, you know, I mean, they're 70s and they're still playing. 
and God knows they have all the money in the world. They, but they, why, why, why would they, why would they keep doing that in their seventies? You know what kind of hell it is for them to probably travel around in their seventies yeah. and, and they play double as long as we do. Oh yeah. They love, they love it. They love it. And I don't care if it's at that level or if it's the guys in the agnostic front who age wise aren't too far behind them. They're definitely in between our age and Rolling Stones age, at least Roger and Vinny. Yeah, they're out there doing it. They love it. Ass and still, this like is a band fucking... that this is a band that I, Charlie Harper, UK subs. You know, these are bands that we grew up idolizing, and they, they're out there doing it. So what the hell? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Is there any uh, is there any places that you haven't played that you'd like to play? Like any like crazy countries, or you've I just mean, been pretty much everywhere some, at this point? Well, we've been to some off the wall places. You know, I I, I tell people that. I probably wouldn't have gone to Turkey or Israel or okay. Africa if it wasn't for the band. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I know that some bands have been to India and played. Um, that's one that's kind of weird, you know, uh, <laughs> and just never happened for us. Okay. Um, I'll go anywhere, man. I'll yeah. go anywhere. I'll play anywhere. Anywhere they want to have us. And, you know, we got to go to the Philippines and, and Indonesia and all that one time. I'd like to go back there. That was a lot of fun, but we'll go play anywhere, anywhere that'll have us. And, you know, yeah. even if it's a little sketchy, you know, we go to sketchy places in South America. <laughs> You've been to Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Detroit, <laughs> South America, same thing, you know, you, yeah. get, you get kidnapped in either or, but uh, right. <laughs> for sure you can play Harpo's, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, dude, that's just as bad as fucking Israel, <laughs> you know, right. you know, like uh, the border of wherever the fuck where all the, the Gaza strip in Israel. It's like, and basically Harpo's on a Saturday. Yeah. I mean, we shot our DVD there, you know, yeah. April, April live dominance was uh, yeah. Harpo's got a big history there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, man, and you know when uh, when Jamie's on stage at at Harpo's or wherever in Detroit, like you hear it in his voice. He's not bullshitting when he says "fucking Detroit is his favorite place." Like I know he's not lying. I never even talked to him. You know? No, I mean Detroit. They, I, I don't care what kind of music, just music in general. They love it. They love it. It's not even about hate breed or hardcore music or nothing. It's about music in general. That town loves it they always have since day one they always their audiences always bring their a game and um can't say enough good things about it yeah oh oh yeah those fucking pits on that uh dvd uh the hate breed dvd <laughs> dude like it's like the entire bottom floor of harpo's is just a chaos i was actually showing my 14 year old son he's like that's insane you know it's like what the fuck is like nobody's standing still you know as much as it sucks that that stage is so high compared to every other place we play um, for a club, you know, normally you get a stage that high and you're in an amphitheater or an arena or something, but to have a stage that high at a club where the people, where the fans are there and it's like up to here. The only good thing about it is, is because once people jump off the stage, they go down into that pit and almost die. Yeah. But the, the only good thing about it being that high is what you're saying is the view from up there. And looking down at the pit is cool. You know, it's super cool view from up there. Yeah. But I always am careful playing there because once you put all the equipment up there and get all the Mama Luke standing on the side of the stage, I'm like, it's not that big up here. So I'm always, and I, I have bad eyes in the dark, stigmatism and all that stuff. So I'm like, I'm not falling off the stage and dying. 
I'm not yeah. out and right. on YouTube and all that. So I'm always super careful, but yeah, it's and then, always, and the shows are always packed there. So it's just a, you know, the views from up there are amazing. Yeah. You know, uh, I always wonder what it looked like until that hatebreed DVD. I was like, like this pit, like, like I'm always on the bottom, you know, standing there, you fucking around, but it's like, it's, it's so big. It's just people moshing hard as fuck for as, as far as you can see at any hatebreed show. Like, uh, like I said, I took my son when you guys did the um, satisfaction tour a couple of years ago, and my son was like ten at the time, and that was at the Majestic Theater, which is a pretty big place, but it's a different compared to Harpo's. Yeah. And we stood way in the back, and of course the pit, fucking front to back, and my son was like, <gasps> I was like, no, we're good, we're behind like a behind a railing and shit, but he's like, man, that was intense. He said he got all nervous. I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty intense with a with a dying fetus in a coat orange that show yeah i remember that it was, yeah. it was i think it was cold that we came in the winter right yeah yeah december uh yeah. a couple weeks before christmas because came out it's the most wonderful time of the year i was like what is this yeah yeah <laughs> i loved it so we have about 15 minutes left um what else what else we had a pretty fun conversation so far man i appreciate you doing this again oh no um, problem yeah i did have a couple questions i asked some people if they would have any questions for you if you're interested in hearing a couple of them uh okay okay uh let me get to them real fast okay it's uh <laughs> this is a pretty generalized question so you can answer it however you want it says if you had to pick one ringworm or integrity which one's your favorite and why um, I would say ringworm just because I wrote more material in ringworm. I played on more records and that was like my baby, but not to take nothing away from the integrity years. You know, I did play on some great records with them. You know, you're talking about a yin and a yang of Cleveland hardcore right now. Ringworm and integrity. Those are like two of the big names that always come up. So, um, and very similar style, you know, the evil, you know, evil uh anti-religious or religious overtones and um i would have to say ringworm though you know bertha's pain i wrote that whole record pretty much and produced it um the promise i wrote the entire record justice replaced by revenge i wrote the majority of it um with integrity i you know i showed up during systems overload but i you know i wrote music on uh Humanity is the Devil and, and Seasons in the Size of Days. And the only reason I'm picking, like I said, Ringworm is because it was more my thing that I spent more time involved in with it. And um, I have, you know, more more invested into that than I did in Integrity. Cool. Love them both. Love all the guys. Yeah. That's a pretty solid answer. Fuck. Um, uh, we'll do another one. This one has a couple parts to it, but we can just uh, rip right through it. Sort of like a, it says, uh, what is the best time you've ever seen Kiss? Do you have any uh, any concerts that stand out? Um, man, probably in 1996 when they got they put the makeup back on and they got the original guys back together. And I mean, as a kid, this was something we talked and dreamed about forever because in the 70s when they came around, a lot most of us were too young to be able to go to the concert. And they, you know, they started changing the members and changing the makeup. Then they took the makeup off. And, and we still love them through all that. But we always said, could you imagine if they got Ace Freely and Peter Chris back in the band and put the makeup back on? And they did. The first show was at Tiger Stadium and they sold it out in seven minutes. Oh, but were you there? Did you show up? 
I didn't go. A bunch of my friends, yeah. but I didn't go. But okay. I, but I ended up going to like seven, eight shows on that tour. <laughs> nice, um, man. And it just I've seen them over fifty times now, and you know met them a hundred times. Fuck. Um. Yeah. Nice. That that seeing them. You know, the first time I saw them was on Animalized tour in nineteen eighty four with Queensrÿche opening. I was thirteen. It was life changing for me, even though they weren't in the makeup and all that. Just, but I think the best time obviously was to see them back as you know the original four and the makeup and all that in 1996 yeah. that was huge for so many of us okay well that can probably go along with another um, question uh your favorite kiss era we can just sort of sort of lump that together you think with when they got i don't back know i love i love i love all of them i mean i love i love i love all the eras you know i love a lot of the stuff that the people hated like the because i i was such a fan i held on longer than your average fan Okay. You know, I love the non-makeup stuff. I love the glam rock stuff they did. I mean, they certainly changed with, they they definitely changed with the times a lot to be, to be, to what was popular to to keep their career going. They made a disco song in the late eighties. They made a terrible grunge record in the nineties that a lot of people might not know about. But um, I don't even know about. That I love either. all the eras. I really do. But you know, I don't know. Um, Costumes wise, I love the love gun costumes. Um, I really love the creatures of the night era. Okay, um, that's that's a good one. They had the tank drum stuck, stuck on stage, it kind of got heavy again. Creatures of the night era, love gun costumes. We'll go with those. Cool. Um, I don't know what this one means. You probably will. So, what is your opinion of Kiss the Elder? Don't know what that means. Oh, that's one of their least popular records. Oh, it okay. Almost, it almost ended their career. It was oh, no concept, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was a concept record. I love The Elder. I think it's great. Is it a great Kiss record? Eh, that's arguable. But I think it's a good record. I think it's a live and learn record for them. Thank God it didn't end their career, you know. Um, but a, a lot of bands make a terrible record in their career, and that, to most people, is their most awful record they made. Cause it's just very weird. If you yeah. listen to it, you're like, why does this sound like this? Why does the record cover look like this? Why do they look like this? It's very strange. I'm going to have to check they it out. They, they thought they were going to be able to pull off this. You know, they thought they're going to do like the who with Tommy did and like make, like make this concept record. And it just went so South for them. And they brought the big producer back that made their biggest studio record to date. Um, back into the fold because they lost popularity at that point and they brought him back okay and he hadn't worked with them except for that huge record destroyer okay and it disastrous disastrous so <laughs> get you worked up no. <laughs> well, look, up, look up you know look up look up kiss music from the elder on wikipedia just, just for shits and giggles when you're done with this interview or when he got time and yeah yeah i'm gonna for it. sure because uh, i don't even know here. what it meant i was like i don't know what it the elder have, is. Yeah. it's like it's the only record to that to at that point that didn't have their uh, faces or picture of their face on the front it had a giant like wooden brass door with like a door knocker and a hand it's very odd I love it though. As Kiss freaks, you know they'll shit on a record and we'll love it. So nice. No, well, that's another one. Then uh, you know we can wrap it up. Uh, what was your hot sauce approach? Uh, you know, we have the hot sauce. They come to you, or was this your idea? I had to go look to somebody to make this stuff because I'm a big hot. I mean, 
I love chicken wings. I always oh, have. Fuck yeah. I, I'm a I'm a huge wing connoisseur, and I love hot sauce. I love spicy food, and I always wanted to make my own hot sauce. And then you know, it started to become a thing. Now bands make hot sauce, bands make coffee, bands make liquor, and I'm like, wow, this might be. I might be able to make this a reality. The problem was, I knew that if I approached somebody, especially these companies that are making it for bands that they're going to want to do a hate breed one. And I, and I didn't want to do that because I wanted to be my um, own thing. You know, I wanted to be my own thing. And um, I reached out to a, a couple of companies. At first I reached out to this company that did Tony from municipal waste hot sauce. And they said no um, because they weren't doing bands anymore. And then I reached out to the guy, Kyle, um, who does hella hot hot sauce, who actually, ended up doing it but at first he he was wanting to do what hate breed one obviously and i was like look man i want to do it myself he's like let me think about it and then i kind of let him know how serious i was about it um how i had the artwork that i wanted to roll out for it had somebody that was going to do that even though i didn't at the time um it all came together you know and he's now done like one for like the guy in war and he he's doing a zetro from exodus one now he's really kind of latched on to the bands thing even though he has his own sauces he he was somebody that i knew that i could make it happen with because he deals with bands cool. so he said yes um we started talking about what the flavor was going to be and and what i wanted and, and you know he would send me samples then in the meantime I, I reached out to um, Craig Holloway, who has huge ties in Detroit, of course. Shout um, out, hell yeah! He was in he was in these bands that are in, in the pictures behind you. Um, yep. And uh, he's done a lot of artwork. Um, he did Agnostic Front uh, cover uh, for uh, Warriors, and at first he said no, I'm too tied up and all this. And then he actually came back and came around because for what I wanted to have done that that cool cartoony looking thing. And of those who've seen the artwork on the, on the bottle, it's incredible. You know, it's me is, you know, it's me tattoos and everything. It totally looks like me, but my head's an alligator, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm breathing fire and uh, I love I'm, it, on man. The be- I'm on the beach and I've got my Gibson Explorer and I'm playing guitar. It's super cool. Um, it all came together, you know, and he sent me the samples. And at first I thought I was going to go back and forth with him and tell him that I didn't like the sauce. Cause he, had at that point was making some very fruity stuff, cucumber sauce and like a peach sauce. And I'm just, when I wasn't into that, I told him what I wanted, you know, let's go Trinidad scorpion peppers and all this stuff, Tabasco peppers. He came back with the sauce and I tasted it and I was getting ready to be prepared to be like, all right, we got to change this. We got to fix this. And when I first tasted it, it tasted really goddamn good. Exactly what I wanted. But then I started burning the shit out of my mouth and I can handle hot stuff. So I thought to myself, holy crap, he knocks it out of the park with the taste. How do we tone this down a little bit? And then I started thinking about the type of people that were going to be buying this. Hate breed fans. I don't know. The last thing they, that I want is for somebody to say this is some pussy shit. <laughs> you know what I, mean? yeah. I want people to be like, I want people to be like, this is really good. and It burns the shit out. You know, they tasty, but burns. I want mm-hmm. it to be dangerous because you keep oh, going yeah. back to it because it tastes good, but you keep punishing yourself. And that's what it ended up being. The first, the first samples that he sent me are, are what, what you get when you order it. That's what you taste. So 
from there, we've gone on and, and moved a lot of this. Um, I've, I, I myself have moved over 5,000 bottles of this stuff. So, um, you know, um, it's, it's been great. And, um, I already have ideas for a second sauce and a second name and a second, will I go with Kyle again? I don't know. He's super busy and it's a small mom and pop batch, a uh, small batch mom and pop operation. Um, and more times than not, I don't have hot sauce. So we'd sell it out very quick. We're on our fourth or fifth batch of it now. And I, I don't have any money. I don't have any, I don't have any of it. I'm waiting for more. So that's a problem to me. You know what I mean? I would, I want to have it constantly, you know, but these are all things that came about just during the pandemic. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You, you see bands hustling and, and scrambling and finding other ways to make movie, make, uh, make money, whether it was doing a, 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 a live stream concert or somebody, you know, making their own beer or coffee or selling their own um, guitar straps or whatever it is. We all had to be clever during this. <laughs> Picks, of course, too. Yeah. So, um, you know, check out my, my big cartel store, Florida Frank, if you Google that online. Um, if you go on my social medias, Florida Frank on Instagram and Facebook, you can click on um, in my in my profiles and there's links to the web store. The hot sauce should be back in quick. I have a lot of cool things planned this year. My own custom set of guitar strings are going to be coming out this year um, with SIT, who I'm happy to be with now. Um, I have uh, plans for my own custom guitar strap as well. I'm always making guitar picks. Hey, Breed has Breed Brew, as many of you know. We have our own beer. So if you want to check that out online, we have two different versions of with alcohol and we have a non-alcoholic version too. So there's a lot. Jamie has his own pasta. Josta pasta thing we used to joke about. You should make Josta pasta. It's a real thing. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so cool. There's no shortage of, of, of stuff that we have available. And um, check all that stuff out until we are able to come see you guys on our next tour, which is with Parkway Drive and Black Dahlia Murder. Um, and uh, stick to your guns. Yeah. And that, that is uh, that tour is going to be going on in May. You're skipping Detroit, but you'll be in Grand Rapids. I don't do the routing. The bands don't do the routing. Uh, the shows go on. It's only two hours. That's a big but, fucking fest, though. It looks like there's a lot of bands. It. It's yeah. worth it. That's a big show. That's a big yeah. show, and there's a, a little something for everybody on that bill. Awesome. Well, once again, man, I appreciate your time and uh, doing this, answering some fucking silly questions. We had a fun conversation. Hopefully, it was a uh, you know good time for you as well. And hey, I'm glad we can make it happen. I know I've, we've been going back and forth trying to make it happen, so. Um, I'm sorry about that, but uh, no, I'm glad. I hope, totally I hope it was good for you and uh, everybody uh, watching out there. We appreciate it. Thank you. We'll wrap it up. And uh, I mean, uh, when this goes out, I appreciate it. Maybe you can promote it for me. That helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Just send me the links and all that. Cool. Thank you so much, man. I know you got shit to do, so I'm going to let you go. And good luck on tour and everything with Hatebreed, man. I can't, do I can't wait to see you guys again. So until then. All right, take it easy. Thank Thanks, you. man. See ya.